Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now let the show begin. You will often find a message or a lesson in children's books, and this one is no exception. Welcome to The Author Show. I'm Danielle Hampson. Ian and the Great Silver Dragon. The Friendship Begins by author Jim Dilliard, and that is a sequel. And Jim is with me today to talk about it. Welcome to the show, Jim. Thank you, Danielle. Thanks for having me. Jim, this is your second time on the author show, and you bring us a second book. Would you please refresh our memory a little bit on book one, since this one is a sequel? Well, book one, Ian and a Great Silver Dragon by Ankh, was an introductory into a series of books that I'm going to do, or try to do, that uh, introduce children to success principles where my dragons are mentors, and they are teaching uh, young children, or middle grade readers actually, success principles that are time-honored and used throughout history to uh, give people a chance to have their dreams and wishes come true. And in just a couple of sentences, maybe, would you, how would you summarize this second book? Well, it's a continuation. As I said, it's a series. So the second book takes on a couple years of Ian's life as he gets a little bit older. And in the book two, we start to introduce some different concepts and some deeper concepts of success. And in this one, I uh, established, have, since I established the characters in the first book, I expand on what they can do and the powers and the magical things that they have. And I show the reader different times in history where uh, my dragon, Bri now, since I shortened the name a little bit, introduces Ian to some of his family and past events in history and expands on some storylines. Well, now we got two characters that we know of. We got Ian and we got Bri. Are there any other characters? Uh, yes. In, in book two, I start to expand a little bit on life on the estate or the farm. And I introduce a couple of uh, little furry friends, which are the, the um, shop cats, say, and they have a little bit of a uh, role in book two. So it gives a little bit of extra flavor to the book. And then I also take and introduce some of, of Bry's relatives and his family heritage in this book. Well, you just mentioned a few seconds ago that you shortened the name Bry. What is the significance in Bry's last name? Well, the Ankh, and I found out after some reviews from the first book and some individuals telling me their reflections on it, that Ankh was a little bit of a difficult pronunciation and perhaps a word that isn't used very often. Well, right. Ankh is actually an Egyptian word, and it's something that I use. And if you look at Egyptian writing and hieroglyphics, you will see a lot of times the pharaohs or key people of, of uh, stature in the Egyptian culture will have something in their hand that is basically an ellipse-looking thing sitting on a, on a key. That is the Ankh. And the Ankh is the Egyptian key to wisdom or uh, key to power. And that is why my dragon's last name is Ankh, because in my stories, the dragons are the ones who introduced the Ankh to the Egyptians. Well, as far as I'm concerned, I'm kind of glad that you dropped the last name because I did not know how I was going to pronounce it. I'm, and I'm known to mispronounce a lot of names, and I know I would have mispronounced this one. It, it, that's what I found out. I found out it was a little bit difficult and a bit of a stumble yeah. for some people. So I said, okay, let's just go ahead and make this. Since I'm talking about a friendship, 
let's make the names a little more friendly and yeah. go with just a first name basis. Yeah, that's a good idea. Now, a review of your book calls it a mind-expanding book. Would you please elaborate on the meaning of that statement? Yeah, uh, Yes, Daniel, I can do that. My stories are designed to make a reader think as I am telling them to be a cause in their lives. I am sowing the seeds of success. I'm using very old principles that are time-honored throughout history, and if you get into the success models and success principles of, of historical figures, they all use basic recipes. And these are the things that I'm putting into my books, and they are mind-expanding once you realize what they are. Now, well, hearing what you just said, then I see your book also as being beneficial to parenting. How accurate do you think such a statement is? It's very accurate. I've had some very good feedback, especially from book one, where grandparents would read it to their grandchildren, and the grandchildren would ask questions, and they would want to know more about the principles and more about the concepts that are presented in the book. And I go to a fishing lodge up in Canada each each summer with my son. Mm-hmm. And last year when I was up there and they had seen book one, I got the feedback from the lodge owners who with children are with them during the summer that they were doing just that. They would read the book to him, then they'd want to know more. They would ask questions. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do to get the children through the parents to ask more about what's going on. Well, then what is your specific target audience? In other words, who did you write your book for specifically? Well, originally, Danielle, my target was the children's book section. And I was at a uh, writer's uh, expo in Akron, Ohio, and I met author Sandra Phillipson, who is the author of the Max and Annie series, where they use the therapeutic dogs for, for children who are in hospitals. And Sandra read my uh, first book while we were in between things, and I asked for some feedback because she's pretty well recognized. And she said, you're really looking with your language and your concepts. They think of children six as under. He said, you're really middle grade, that you're giving out ideas and things that are a little bit above the children's classification. So I have to kind of rethink my targeting and say, okay, I'm looking at the middle grade to early high school type of reader. Then what specific benefit do you think that a child, if we want to call that age bracket a child still, what will these children take away from reading your book? Well, it still goes back to the success principles. And those are the things that are not necessarily labeled with time and age. And that's a little bit difficult to quite understand. But the success ideas that people need to learn are good for any age group once they understand what they are. And what particular chapter in your book do you feel is key for the readers to focus on and and why? Well, in the second book, in The Great Silver Dragon, His Friendship Begins, chapter three, and that title for chapter three is Everything is Moving. And what I do in chapter three is I give a simple explanation for the basics of our energy makes things real and how it works in the real world. Because once you get into things at a certain level, you understand that manifestation is vibration and frequency, which is energy. So I give a very simplified explanation of what the mechanics are for making your dreams come true and how the fundamentals of manifestation are working. Now, in your interview about book one, you had stated, and I quote, our society as a whole is designed to intend to disempower the individual. 
And then you continue, and there has been a walkway from the individualism that has been the foundation of America since its conception. Now, presuming that this indeed remains an accurate statement and frame of mind, how is this reflected in your writing? Well, the theme of my, of my books through this whole uh, series is going to be empowerment. And we live in a society right now that is very much against telling people or informing people that they can have and be and do what they want. We're set up as a, as a system right now that you cannot survive or succeed on your own, that you must have an agency, a group, something else outside of you supporting you so that you can actually do anything. And I really want to tell the readers that that's not true, that the truth, the real truth is it comes from within you. Right. You are the manifester of your life. You are the creator of your life. And you are the one who will decide how and what you do. And this, I believe, is an element right now that is desperately missing in our culture. Yeah. And I, I really believe it's a necessary item that needs to be brought back out. I totally agree with you. Here's another thing that you stated. You previously stated that you intended to write eight books in this series. We now have book number two. What's next? Well, book number three is in my head. I know the characters. I know where it's going to go. I have an eye, some basic ideas of what we're going to discuss. It's going to be more of a mentor with mentor type book. They will travel this time. Last time in book two, we went to Egypt. This time we'll go to the wonderful city of Zurich, Switzerland. And well, we'll wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> so from Egypt to Switzerland, what, how did that happen? Well, the mentor, see, Bry has a mentor too. Dragons have been around for a very, very, very long time, and they're just like us in certain respects. They have mentors and teachers that teach them. Well, in the book three, Ian's going to be introduced to Bry's mentor. And Bry's mentor is a very, very old, wise, golden dragon. And, of course, <laughs> cities... In Switzerland, especially Zurich, are where the gold is at. Uh -huh. so, so they will have a wonderful adventure in Zurich. Well, the reason why I was asking the question is because there is a huge, not only from a geographical standpoint, but also from a cultural standpoint, that's a huge uh, leap from going from Egyptian culture to Swiss culture. I know because I lived in Switzerland. So it's... Yeah, yeah. It, 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 in, in book two, we also get into a situation where Brian E. have a uh, an in-depth discussion with pharaohs, and the present pharaoh at that time, and a pharaoh from the past. And a seed is dropped in Ian's mind about something called the Brotherhood of the One. And the Brotherhood of the One is a secret society. And in Book 3, Bry's mentor is the originator of the secret society, the Brotherhood for Humanity. So they will learn a little bit about that, and there are adventures and intriguing things that go with that. And uh, it's going to be a little bit more, well, I shouldn't say cloak and dagger, <laughs> but a little bit more of uh, of a uh, adventure that fits yeah. our time. Well, obviously you have all of the material to be able to continue the series. Now, you are an experienced writer, so what suggestion would you make to authors who wish to tackle writing specifically a series? Series... I'm choosing chapter books, so for me, it's a little bit simpler because I'm looking at only 10 to 15 to 18,000 words per book, so I can keep them very theme-oriented, and I have in this series an idea of where I want to go in the end, so I can kind of divide it up into segments, and I believe if you're uh, 
an author is looking at it the same way, that would be their mindset. They would have an idea, their start and their finish, and then their breakout points. And they could take their breakout points and expand on that. It depends how they want to go. And you can even do that if you wanted to in a larger volume. But for me, the chapter book, especially at the age group I'm looking for, is a gap filler. Because I've given it a book to enough places right now. And I always get the same comment from the people that says, we need chapter books. We don't have that many and we need them. And some of it's our attention span right now. This is a dot-com world, and everything revolves on instant everything. Right. So if you can keep something down to an hour of reading time, uh-huh. that you can pretty well keep somebody Interesting. into it for that long. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that the uh, series that you have going here is going to be extremely interesting, not only for the children, but also for the parents who are going to be reading that uh, as well, hopefully with their children as well. And then there's going to be a lot of lessons to pick up from that. Now, Jim, where can readers find out more about you and your work and where can they purchase your book? Well, at my website, Danielle, is a synopsis of the book and purchases that can be made there along with some other uh, items that I have available for sale. And that is a very simple website, greatsilverdragon.com. That's easy enough, greatsilverdragon.com. And I also assume that you own all the uh, major online retail, book retailers, right? Yes, I do. They're they're listed with... Uh, at Barnes & Noble, though they'll have to take through their order because Barnes & Noble does not stock them. And also through Amazon.com. Or they can be even, if you want to go right to the publisher, at the Worcester Book Company in Worcester, Ohio. Well, thank you again for spending some time with us today, Jim. And uh, when you release your next book, will you come back again? Oh, absolutely. I love telling people about the books. I love the opportunity to explain a little bit about where my characters are going. And I've had a lot of good successes through the authorshow.com good relationship there so yes i will be back wonderful thank you very much i alluded to a reviewer earlier so let me finish this interview with the actual review and i'm quoting this is a mind expanding book for your children if you read to them they will become calm without you directly teaching them this book will teach them family values they will learn how to interact with siblings they will love father and make father be a more loving confident successful family man Because whatever the child imagines, the dragons will make it a reality. Children will love mama and they will help her. Their grades in school will go up. Give them drawing papers so that their fantasies will expand. Tell them to write and draw what they want in their future and hang their artwork in the rooms. Invisible feng shui dragons will help them even if they don't believe in dragons. This is the most loving, gentle and practical book at this time for children as well as for teenagers and adults. Great review indeed. Please visit theauthorshow.com so that you can find more interviews with authors and also to find ebooks and print books to read and even audiobooks to listen to. I'm Danielle Hampson. Thank you for listening and join us next time for another great book and another exciting author on The Author Show. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorsshow.com. Theauthorsshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.